Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The UFC returns once again tomorrow morning for a rare Wednesday morning event on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi with the welterweight division taking center stage as we say happy Tuesday to everybody and welcome you to the UFC Fight Island 8 preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Keck being joined by the Prince of Positivity himself, Alex K. Lee. AK, let's start with this. It is almost impossible to live up to this past Saturday's debut on ABC. Very tough ask. To live up to UFC 257, the return of Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, that'll be a tough ask to live up to as well. But this card, headlined by Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny, there's a lot to like here from a competitive standpoint. There are much, much worse ways to spend a Wednesday morning, right? Mike, I know you're super jazzed up about there being this this early morning uh, card, which could be done by like, you know, afternoon, you know, logically will be done by the afternoon and give us a whole free day to do post-fight stuff and just relax and unwind and get prepared for, yes, the massive UFC 257 uh, pay-per-view on Saturday. Uh, and as you said, look, there's a lot to like. I mean, there has to be a lot to like because there's 14 fights. So presumably, if you're if you're a hardcore MMA fan, you're going to find one or two or, or a few storylines to sink your teeth into. And, and we are here to help you. People. We are here to help you uh, figure out what those storylines might be beyond uh, beyond, you know, the obvious main event and uh, and some of the other uh, in, in, intriguing main card uh, up and comers. But again, even beyond that, there's there's some names to watch. And we'll, we'll get to that. For sure. Well, let us start with the main event, the, 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 the ticket seller, a.k.a. Michael Chiesa. Looks to make it 4-0 since making the move to welterweight. Takes on Neil Magny, who had himself a heck of a 2020, going 3-0, getting himself into the top 10 in the process. Yes, it is not the main event that everyone thought we were going to get with Leon Edwards and Hamza Shemaev getting pushed to March 13th. Guys, AK, in the same division, looking to get themselves into the title conversation. This is a pretty damn good plan B. What are your thoughts on this number eight versus number nine headliner tomorrow? Uh, yes, uh, uh, Casey in the truck and I were just discussing before the show, actually, like, you know, it's kind of weird that there's not we have this midweek show and there's not a lot of buzz around it. And there would be a lot more buzz if Hamzat's name was on the card, uh, because, again, he was the, one of the most talked about fighters of 2020. Everyone was so eager to see him fight again uh, after the Mearshart fight. And then there's all these kind of delays and rescheduling. So, you know, people are going to have to wait. So there would be more buzz. But yes, the, the, but the funny thing is, there's all this talk about, oh, if Hamzat beats uh, Leon Edwards. Maybe he gets a title shot. Look, Michael Chiesa and Neil Magny are – I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm breaking anyone's minds here when I say these guys are well deserving uh, of a title shot than Hamza, uh, than, maybe even more than uh, Leon Edwards, depending how they perform on, uh, on Wednesday – as I was going to say Saturday, on Wednesday. Uh, uh, Chiesa, they're both coming off three straight wins. Chiesa, former uh, UFC lightweight champion, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, Diego Sanchez, always tough, a tough out even as a veteran. I know people are going to laugh at that, but it, it's a good name to have on your resume. Uh, former interim welterweight champion, Carlos Condit, his last three wins. Uh, Neil Magny, 
two guys who were looking to take his spot, two very tough guys uh, who he, he had a lot more to lose than to gain in his, his last couple. Of, uh, he beat uh, Li Jingliang and Anthony uh, Rocco Martin, and then former UFC welterweight champion Robbie Lawler. So both these guys with a win before straight have a very strong case uh, for welterweight title shot. I know they're probably one away in the eyes of the matchmakers and in some of the fans, but um, there, there should be a lot on the line on Wednesday. This is a very close matchup according to the odds makers, AK. Although the line has shifted slightly towards Magny over the last couple of days, he's now around a minus 150 favorite. Do you A, agree with Magny being a favorite? And B, do you look at this matchup like most do as a very competitive, closely contested matchup either way? Because I feel like heading into this trifecta of Fight Island events, the closest line fight was this fight. It was by the odds, the most competitive fight of the three main events. Your thoughts on where the odds sit right now. I think on paper, it is a close fight. I do have a, I do have a definitive pick, which again, you know, I'll give you in a moment. I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but I, I understand why it's sincere close. And I also understand why the line did tilt towards Magni. Magni is the bigger man. Uh, he's the more experienced welterweight fighter. Yes, Kiesa is undefeated at welterweight, but it is kind of a small sample size. He, he is only 3-0. and And I would also say that Magny's win over Lawler, uh, from a name standpoint, is is the the biggest win out of those uh, sort of those six names I just ran off. Um, because, again, uh, undisputed welterweight champion. Yes, probably past his prime. But Magny was really impressive in that fight, too. It, it wasn't like he edged past Robbie Lawler. He dominated Robbie Lawler. You know, it was a re- really great performance by him. Some might say a career best. Uh, and, again, the, the sort of thing that puts him in a vain event, possibly one or two fights away from a title shot. So I understand why it's slightly leaning towards Magny. I think the line is fairly uh, respectable for both men. I don't think anyone's saying that Magny's going to, like, blow uh, Kays out of the water or anything like that and vice versa. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I totally understand where it's coming from. But uh, as you'll see, my my pick's a little different. The headline spot is prime real estate, AK, as you're very well aware. And you said something that I get where you're coming from, but I don't necessarily agree with you. Because like with this, like with these main events, they come, there come stakes, right? Like, what are you fighting for? Pretty clear in the Holloway versus Cater fight on Saturday. Relatively clear assumption for Poirier versus McGregor. Like we know what these guys are fighting for. For this fight, a win is clearly so important because you don't want to take any sort of back step in a division that is loaded like this. But besides that, I feel like in a way, these guys are just fighting to defend their ranking spot just based on like how deep the division is up top. Best case scenario, in my opinion, maybe earning himself a shot at the NMF title and Steven Wonderboy Thompson. I think like that is best case scenario here. Do you agree with that? Or do you feel like like legitimately... They could, one of these guys could maybe with the finish or a really impressive performance, they could maybe jump the queue over Wonderboy. They could, but it would really put them more on the short list of uh, top, top uh, replacement. Like whoever wins this would be maybe the first guy they call um, if the next time they book a uh, UFC welterweight title fight, uh, that, that, you know, someone falls out. Then, then, then maybe Kikeza or Magni gets called. And again, that I, I hate that. I think they're both actually deserving of becoming a, le- a legitimate top three, top five contender uh, after this fight. But you know, I said Magni has a better reputation having been at welterweight so long. Unfortunately, he also has the baggage of having been at welterweight so long and not competed for a title. So in in the eyes of some of the fans, they see him as this guy who's an also ran. Um, and, and again, not someone who who they're clamoring to see get a title fight, regardless of, of how successful he's been recently. So um, I, th- I, that kind of I understand what you're saying, where it, it just doesn't feel like 
this is a number one contenders fight or even one that puts them that much closer. I think it should be. I'm standing by this opinion. I think it should be a fight that either puts them one fight away or, uh, you know, if they have to call someone as a replacement, it should be one of these guys, um, whoever wins on Wednesday. I don't know if you actually like said this or not. Like, I, I know you talked about their winning streaks and where these guys are, but who do you th- like whose three fight streak is more impressive in your eyes? Kiesa's wins or what Magni did in 2020? Because I think the one the one fight that probably separates Kiesa to me is Magni's win over Anthony Rocco Martin because that was a really, really close fight. And people are still talking about it that there are some folks out there thought Rocco Martin actually won that fight. Yeah. Well, uh, true. It was it was a closer fight, but I still like the strength of Magny's schedule a little bit better. Again, like I said, I, I haven't given up on Robbie Lawler yet uh, as a, as a top ten guy or at least a top fifteen guy. Maybe I should. Maybe maybe his uh, his ranking uh, it, it doesn't mean doesn't really reflect where he is now at his at this point in his career. So I thought I still think the Lawler fight was the most impressive, and I think the fact that Magny had to fight guys like uh, Rocco Martin uh, and Li Jingliang, guys who again have had way more to gain, I think, from beating him. Than he did from sort of fending them off and holding his spot. That that says a lot to me. That's that's tough to do. Uh, Kiesa again. The name value is all there. Condit, Diego Sanchez, Dos Anjos, three of the most respected uh, competitive veterans we've had over the last like decade. So I mean the names speak for themselves. But um, I think there was some. I would call Condit a, a favorable matchup for Kiesa at, at, at this stage of his career. I would call Diego definitely a favorable matchup for Kiesa. And uh, the, the, the Dos Anjos win genuinely impressive and one where. Uh, I, I going into it, I thought could have gone either way. So it's really, really impressive that he won that one. But um, yeah, Magny five rounds with uh, oh, it wasn't five rounds, excuse me. But Magny win over Lawler. Uh, that that's the one for me, and I think that caps off a, a slightly stronger run. All right. Well, you planted some seeds, AK, for this prediction of yours. So let us let us bloom a prediction flower, so to speak. What do you? Uh, what what is this mighty prediction of yours that we need to hear? I'm I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I cannot shake off. Uh, some of Magny's grappling deficiencies. I just can't. He's improved a lot. Like I said, he's he, he's a he's a big fighter, which which helps. Um, he won't be that much bigger against a Chiesa. He'll he'll have a reach advantage. Of course, he has a reach advantage over everyone at 170, so that doesn't really mean much. Um, and Chiesa again was a really really big lightweight, and as, and as we've seen at 170, is is a perfectly sizable welterweight. He might not be the biggest guy in the welterweight division, but he's not undersized against anyone. Uh, again, even Magny, except for the for the the whole reach thing, but. Um, I, I think he, he this goes to the ground at some point. I just don't see Magni able to keep this on the feet for for 25 minutes, and I, and I think he is going to be able to submit him. That that has been a weakness of Magni's. He's he's been submitted um, by some of the better grapplers. Uh, again, I know we're only looking at maybe a couple of times in the UFC, but that stuff matters to me. And, and, and frankly, nothing he has shown, I think, since some of those submission losses has shown me that he's that that much better. At stopping takedowns or that much better at surviving on the ground. So uh, while I think he'll he'll do better, I'm not saying he'll get taken out in the first round. I am predicting a Chiesa submission win uh, before the uh, before the fourth round. Interesting. I'm uh, I'm going with Chiesa as well. I, I think I think from a mental perspective, Chiesa is in a fantastic place right now. He had some surgery, put him in in a little bit of darkness for a little bit. But the fact that he got to be part of the UFC broadcast and get involved as an analyst said that sort of sharpened his mind a lot more, got him out of that sort of space that he was in. I also think, and and people talk about Neil Magny's cardio and and his pressure and his pace. I feel like Kiesa's cardio is vastly underrated heading into this fight. He's really strong. Uh, He he doesn't get a lot of credit for that. It is not Neil Magny levels. There are not many who can reach that level. Uh, But he can hang for sure. And one thing that's super important 
heading into this fight is this man is as healthy as he's probably ever been in his entire fighting career after having that surgery. Took care of an issue that he's been dealing with since he was in high school, and now he's feeling better than ever. Magni is the better striker. Kiesa is the better grappler. I think, like you said, this fight does get to the ground. I think he gets it done. I think he finds a submission at some point in this fight as well. And if we're being honest, he probably needs to because if this thing gets into the championship rounds, as good as Kiesa's cardio is, Magni gets better and better as the fight goes on. He's like the Greg the Hammer Valentine of the welterweight division. <laughs> so I actually think Kiesa's going to get this done pretty quickly. I think he gets it done in the mm-hmm. second round. Tough to pick, but uh, that's what my gut's telling me. I think Kiesa gets, gets, gets an absolutely massive win and... Maybe gets himself the Wonder Boy fight. Well, we'll see. Magni, Magni yeah, we would have, definitely win this fight. We haven't had the chance to see Kiesa go five rounds uh, in the UFC. I don't know if he's ever gone five rounds in his career. I, my guess would be no uh, at a glance. I, I don't think he has. And uh, But but he is a cardio machine. I, I, mean, I do think, like I said, maybe not as high as Magni. Magni might be the the highest-paced uh, guy at 170 pounds. Uh, there's probably maybe a couple of other names you want to throw in there. But Magni would certainly be uh, a 1A if we're talking about ability to go five, a hard, hard five rounds. Um but I, but I actually also think that I think Magni, if he doesn't hurt, uh, if he doesn't hurt Kiesa early, if he doesn't make him sort of respect his jab or something, he doesn't doesn't sting him with something early, then it's going to make it difficult for him to assert himself even later. I, I think he has to he has to. It could be one of those fights where one punch could change everything. You know, if Magni lands one good punch in the, the first or second round, and may it may rearrange uh, Kiesa's face and his whole game plan. Okay, but uh, I, I I think Kiesa is is uh, skill, good enough on the feet to avoid that. Uh, he's going to take some damage for sure. He takes damage in his fights all the time, so that's not a worry. He's he's been hit very hard before, and I think he gets in. And, the, and like we, we seem to both be saying, it's going to go to the ground. So big test for Magni. If look, if he survives that, uh, a, a lot of exchanges on the ground with Keza and goes on to win the fights. We really are talking about a guy who deserves a title fight at some point. Yeah, I think that first takedown is going to be super interesting to see how Kiesa can control him, if Bag can get right back up, how it goes from there. Uh, but that's a, a very interesting fight. It's flying under the radar. This whole card's flying under the radar. But the rest of the main card shapes up with Worley Alves taking on one of the stars of the UFC's first trip to fight Alan Munir Lerzez. That should be a lot of fun. Ike Villanueva versus Vinicius Marrera. They're going to battle it out in a, let's be honest, a loser leaves town matchup. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Both these guys... Uh, on the snide both of them need to win and both these guys are killer be killed fighters so this should be a pretty wild fight especially with what's at stake and then we got Roxanne Matafari versus Viviani Arujo which by the way not to gripe I I try to keep things positive but I try to keep it 100 AK as the kids say how is this fight not the, the co-main event. Like, no disrespect to Alves and, and Lazez. Should be a fine fight. But how is this fight between Roxy and Araujo not the co-main event? Can you explain this to me, AK? Uh, how is uh, Roxy Mataferi, the happy warrior, not one of the most heavily pushed fighters in, in all of MMA? I mean, I get it. I get it. She has a quirky personality. Okay, it's it's you know I understand the mass MMA fan base. You know they find some of her antics you know unorthodox. They don't get the anime stuff. They're they're not all Jose Youngs, is what I'm saying. And I wish that, you know I wish we had no, and I wish we had more Jose Youngs in the fan base. And it's a shame that a lot of them don't appreciate her her anime and and manga and video game and comic book stylings. Uh, I don't even get all the references sometimes, but I appreciate that she makes them. Uh, and of course, and that's just talking about her personality. I mean, she's been fighting for. I want, I want to say 20 years. Uh, maybe it just feels that way. 
uh, but we're certainly close to that mark. I'm not, I know I'm not far off. She's fought for every organization. She's done the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, she's she's fought in multiple weight classes. She's a pioneer, and she's also someone who's earned, who's really earned her spot in the ranking. She is also a top ten ranked UFC fighter. Um, she's really good with the media. She has she has a lot of stories to tell. Obviously, I mean, again, she's been around forever. So I do wish she would get more of a push. If I if to to play devil's advocate and to defend. Uh, the the booking, uh, Munir Lazez is is based out of uh, the Middle East. He fought for uh, Brave Combat Federation. He fought for UAE Warriors. So he is he is so, somewhat of a familiar face and someone who I think you know they have fans in attendance. He, the, the live crowd is really really going to get behind him. Uh, he and he has a very marketable look, super exciting style. So uh, while I, I'm I'm with you, I would like to see Modafferi and uh, Viviani Arujo get a little more shine. I I can't argue against. Um, them trying to put the spotlight on Munir that much. I, I, I do kind of understand where they're coming from in that regard. All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I get it. There's there's fans. It's a whole different aspect, but I don't know. I, I still feel this. That with stake-wise, ranking-wise, title implications, not saying like if Roxanne beats Viviani Ayarujo, she's fighting for a title, but there is implications here for sure, at least to get you close. Mm-hmm. But uh, also on the main card, Fun one at 125 between Tyson Nam and Matt Schnell. Third time is the charm. And then kicking it off at noon Eastern time is a, a scrappy fight between Lerone Murphy, who had a great win on Fight Island in July, versus Douglas Andrade. That should be a great fight at 145 pounds. Prelims, of course, kick off at 9 a.m. We'll get on uh, go under the radar in a, in a moment, AK, but of these other main card fights outside of the main event, which one sticks out to you the most? I'm I'm uh, I love the flyweight matchup, uh, so I, I would love to talk about that. But I will say I am very intrigued by this Lerone Murphy uh, Douglas Andrade match because uh, De Silva is coming back from a long layoff. I think him and uh, Warley Alves. I think they were both the last time they fought was on a card about over 400 days ago. So it's funny they're they're both kind of coming back and fighting uh, a fresh face in the UFC. We're going to see where they are. Uh, De Silva is is uh, he's only lost three times in his career. Uh, I think Rob Rob Font is one of them. Um, he just beat Hanan Barrow. Uh, I, I, should, I should look at this. But yeah, he's he's only lost to really stiff competition. One of them was to Kugov, who uh, Lerone Murphy did fight to a draw. So if you want to do a little MMA math, you might say that Lerone Murphy is kind of already around Andrade's level. Uh, oh, how can I forget? Piotr Jan <laughs> was, Piotr, yeah. uh, <laughs> was uh, De Silva's last, uh, last loss. So no, no shame in that. Uh, there's going to be, a, I think, a bit of a size difference, athleticism difference. Murphy, Murphy's a beast, uh, but again, so is Andrade. Andrade's a little, is a little cannon. I mean, if anyone saw him in the weigh-ins, he was in absolutely insane shape. Um, so, so I, I, I'm really intrigued by that because I, I think Lauren Murphy's really good, but I'm definitely, and I'm very consistent with this. I'm kind of, uh, I need to see you in three UFC fights before I get a really strong gauge of you. If I haven't seen much of you outside in other organizations, which again, I had not heard of Lauren Murphy before he came to the UFC. So this is fight number three for him against another veteran if he wins this fight uh, Laurent Murphy could be really special I mean this this could be a guy who is again uh, we say this a lot but I, I don't mind a little hyperbole could be a future contender at, at one at 145 he's looked uh, he's looked great so far even fighting a Tukugov to a draw he was a big underdog in that fight so taking it that far was essentially a win for him absolutely and this is a man who like seven or eight years ago got shot in the face and spit out oh, bullets that. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in a farmer's chair. I mean, him getting an octagon and fighting another human being is like nothing to him at this point. Good look, good God almighty. That's an intriguing fight, but I'm with you, man. 25 Nam versus Snell. That is just an absolute banger. There's not much more I can do to sell 
anybody on this fight. Those two guys are going to get in there and get after it. Someone's getting finished in that fight. I could pretty much guarantee. And uh, we could have a, a fresh new face in the 125 pound top five conversation. And that division is, 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 has gotten quite a boost over the last several months. So in terms of your under the radar fight fighter or storyline, AK, what is that heading into tomorrow morning's card? There's actually a lot to pick from. Uh, but uh, first thing we had to point, of course, uh, I'm sure people who watch the weigh-ins, anyone who's done even a little bit of reading about this card, uh, saw the names Figueredo and Nurmagomedov. And yes, we are going to see the brother of uh, Davison Figueredo make his UFC debut. He'll be fighting at, he's been competing at bantamweight uh, on the regional scene, but he will be competing at flyweight in his brother's division uh, against Jerome Rivera in his debut. So definitely one to watch there. But I'm really intrigued by the Umar Nurmagomedov versus Sergei Morozov fight. Uh, Umar is a cousin of Habib. Uh, so there's a lot of hype around him. 12 and 0 so far. You can find a lot of his fights on YouTube. He was fighting for a uh, guerrilla fighting championship, which is now the Eagle fighting championship, which is owned by Habib. So he's, he's a product of, of that, uh, that system. His competition, I think personally has, is a, has been a little bit lacking. I think that there's been some showcasing of his talents, which are, which are prodigious, but also again, he's been getting matchups, which I think are meant to kind of let people see why he's a big deal and almost kind of sell him to bigger organizations, which is why he's now with the UFC. Uh, Morozov, is, is older, but I think in a good way. I think he's closer to, I think he's in his athletic prime. He's a former M1 bantamweight champion. I think his competition was a little bit stiffer. Uh, and he's a heavy, heavy underdog, which is shocking to me. So uh, I, that to me is a fight to, it's intriguing to me, not just because I think it'll be competitive, uh, really high level stuff for two guys who are um, fairly new to the UFC. But I also think uh, big upset alert. I, I, I kind of like Morozov's chances here. You know what? I, I, this isn't between the links, so it's okay to agree. I agree with you as well. I think this one is, is, is skirting under the radar. Habib's going to be in Umar's corner because I was wondering why this fight was so low on the card and something tells me it's mm. like a little a little favor to Habib. You want to get home a little sooner, buddy? We'll, we'll put Umar on pretty early in the card. I think this is the second second fight on the whole card, yeah. but uh, absolutely wild. Nurmaga Madoff is like, I think he's a uh, he's like a five to one favorite or something like that. And, and yep. Morisov, like you said, super legit guy. He's got five wins in a row, four finishes. The last guy, the last time he lost, it was over three years ago to Mavzar Evulev. So, Mar, I mean, Morisov is a tough, tough customer. I predict a bonus is coming out of this fight in some way or Ooh. another, whether it's going to be fight of the night or one of these guys gets a performance bonus. 50 G's is coming out of that fight, but. Like I said on Twitter, from a competitive and like a scrappy standpoint, there is a lot to like on this card. This is a uh, a great little whistle wetter for UFC 257, if you will. That's for sure. Of course, we'll have your pre-fight show where you guys and gals will dictate the conversation and the direction. That's going to kick off bright and early, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So get up, set that alarm, hit the weights, go for a jog, get your coffee ready, shower, and then join us for some face punching right before the first fight kicks off at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then the fights. Jose Youngs, who is in Abu Dhabi right now, a warrior. He will have all the interviews with the winners. We'll have a post-fight show. And then, AK, the bonus on to the next one to look forward to as well. Either you get that sometime tomorrow night or early Thursday morning. But content galore here on MMA Fighting coming your way as we put a bow on this preview show. AK, any last words for the peeps here? Uh, I'm just saying you're going to be getting a lot of us over the next few, really over the next five days, a lot of, cause again, like we said, what you're talking about, you're just talking about the show. We got 257 stuff coming up. We got two, so we're doing 257 preview, pre-show, post-fight show, another on to the next one. Uh, and let me tell you guys, we love it. All right. We love it. We had ourselves, our, we had 24 straight weeks of fights. 
we had ourselves a little break. Uh, and guys, we are here for you. We are ready. We've got more more live weigh-ins. Watch out for the live weigh-ins coming, I think, at a somewhat reasonable time, Friday morning, actually. Uh, no more middle-of-the-night weigh-ins for those of us in North America. So, uh, yeah, I'm just excited. And, yeah, uh, guys, look, the other thing I would advise people is you don't have to watch every fight on this card. We do because we cover this stuff and we love it. And if you love it, go for it. But if you don't feel like waking up, it's if you're on the West Coast and you don't feel like waking up at the 6 in the morning to catch the first prelim, you don't have to. Pick, pick your fights wisely, guys. Pick your fights wisely. You can always go back and watch them if you have ESPN Plus or Fight Pass or whatever you have. So be strategic. This is a perfect day to to bang out of work. You know what I mean? If you got to travel, you know, maybe maybe wake up with some sniffles, you know, a little headache or something like that. Some non-COVID-related sniffles. You know, just get get it out of there. You're, you're good to go. This is, you know, consider this like day one of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Like, what? It's, what? I mean, listen, l- listen, we all know, like, it's it's not the most exciting. It's it's just a fun day. Like, the Final Four is down yeah. the line. It's just, it's, 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 it's kind of like where UFC 257 is, but the first day of the tournament is great. Take the day off, enjoy some, some face punching. But for the meantime, that is AK. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you in the morning, everybody. Just waiting for it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.